What is up guys, it is Quinn here, and in this video, we're gonna be running through my wide receiver start sits for week six of the NFL season. So first week where we actually have bye weeks, so only 14 games instead of the uh, 16 we saw through five. There are gonna be timestamps down below in the description. So if you guys wanna jump around to specific matchups, that is totally fine. You guys probably know the drill by now, separating these players into three categories. Starts, we want these players in our lineups. A fringe category, basically like low-end starts. And then we have sits. We want to keep these guys on the bench. If you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below in the comment section. I'll be getting back to every single person. And if you guys are interested in jumping into some best ball drafts, if you guys aren't familiar with what best ball is, basically you just do a draft, but you don't have to actually manage your team. You guys may think, you know, you missed out on best ball not getting in before week one, but on underdog, they have best ball resurrection. So basically it's a best ball league from week six on. So obviously, if you guys want to jump on that, you know, you got to do it soon. If you guys are going to be joining Underdog, if you use code Quinn or use the link in the description, they will double your first deposit up to $100. So if you guys do want to take advantage of that link in the description, but let's jump into the Thursday night game. And actually, before we do that, I just want to, you know, go through the four teams who are on buy. So we've got the Lions, Texans, Raiders, and Titans. So just keep that in mind. Those are the teams who will not be playing this week. But for Thursday night, we have the Commanders taking on the Bears. For the Commanders, I think we continue to fire up Samuel and uh, Terry McLaurin as very solid starts. And then we are going to be sitting Deami Brown. Now, I understand he went out, he had a massive day, but we do have to look a little bit closer, you know, than just looking at the box score. He only had a 37% route participation. Now, he did turn that into three targets, two receptions for 105 yards and two touchdowns. 24 and a half PPR points. In reality, this is just like a random boom week. We'll see this every once in a while. Like what was it? OJ Howard had a big boom week. I think Mo Alley Cox had like a two touchdown day. It happens. You know, he's not close to startable at this point. He was out snapped by Cam Sims. This is the role that Jahan Dotson had. It doesn't look like he's going to be back here in week six. If he is back, I think he's like sit to fringe territory, but that's, you know, a situation we're going to have to evaluate when it does come up for the Bears. I'm just going to be continuing to sit all these wide receivers. The passing game has just not been good enough to support any of these guys. Moving over to Sunday, we have the 49ers taking on the Falcons. For the 49ers, Debo Samuel automatic start every single week. Sitting Brandon Ayuk, who just hasn't been able to carve out a big enough role in this offense, for the Falcons, I do want to talk about Drake London a little bit more in depth here and basically just, you know, take this time to rant about Arthur Smith with some more coaching negligence. So over the last few weeks, I've been talking about how we use Kyle Pitts, most notably last week where, you know, he had like Parker Hesse taking more snaps than Kyle Pitts, just crazy stuff like that. So we find out Kyle Pitts isn't playing in this game. So of course, Arthur Smith can't just, uh, you know, cool it. He's got to take it out on Drake London. So we see Drake London get outsnapped by Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus also ran more routes than Drake London. Now, hypothetically, if someone could try to rationalize the Kyle Pitts thing, you know, you could maybe make an argument saying like, you know, they don't want to be predictable. If Pitts is in, they know they're passing. Maybe this other dude is a better, uh, you know, blocker than Kyle Pitts. Maybe you could make that argument. I still would not agree, but it's an argument that could be made. There is no reason why Olamide Zacchaeus should be on the field more than Drake London. I don't care if he's a better blocker. 
Drake London needs to be on the field close to 100% of the time. If there is one wide receiver on the field, it needs to be Drake London. If there's multiple, Drake London also needs to be on the field. So he only had a 62% snap share, 65% route participation, just crazy usage for your young stud wide receiver. I still do believe he's a start moving forward. You know, he's had two down weeks in a row. It's tough when you have a player who has to kind of deal with, you know, opposing defenses and also has to compete with their own coaching staff. But that's just where we're at here with Drake London. A little fired up on this one, but you know, I still think he's very talented. I still think he'll produce, but it would just be nice if we could have Arthur Smith come out and, you know, just put his weapons in good positions, get Pitts the ball, get Drake London the ball. We haven't seen it yet, but you know, maybe that shifts moving forward. I'm definitely not going to be holding my breath though. Uh, Next matchup is the Patriots taking on the Browns. And for the Patriots, only fantasy relevant wide receiver here, Jacoby Myers, locked in start. He has been an absolute stud in his first three games. So he missed week three and week four. So only has three games played this season. But in those three games, he is averaging 17.6 PPR points per game. And he's doing that with only one touchdown. So a lot of volume there, a lot of you know overall receiving yardage. He's not a guy who's being carried by touchdowns. So 17.6 points per game in the last three weeks. He has a 29.7% target share. That is eighth in the NFL. He has a 35.8% target rate. That is fifth. I think you know moving forward, we have to view him as a top 24 wide receiver. Maybe he regresses, but at this point, the consistency and the volume he is receiving on a week-to-week basis, that is someone who needs to be locked into our lineups. On the other side with Amari Cooper, he just continues to produce, and I really think people who drafted Amari Cooper are getting a league winner. If you drafted Cooper, you were probably expecting like wide receiver three production until Deshaun Watson came back, and then you were expecting the boom. Amari Cooper is giving you like top 24 production with Brissett, if Deshaun Watson comes in and you know is a stud, Amari Cooper could be like a top 12, top 10 wide receiver down the stretch. So he has been a fantastic draft pick so far this season. Now moving over to the Jets-Packers game, honestly, just kind of a gross wide receiver situation for both of these teams. Starting it off with the Jets here, I have Garrett Wilson listed as a fringe start, and then I have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis as sits. So since Zach Wilson has returned, the Jets are winning. They're 2-0 with Wilson as the starter, but unfortunately for fantasy, it really just has not translated to you know production for these wide receivers. We saw Corey Davis have a big day uh, in week four, but you know this week, nothing really happened here. Just getting it out of the way, Elijah Moore has just been a massive swing and a miss for me. He is someone I was very in on. I had a lot of shares of him coming into the season, and he has just been brutal. Hasn't even scored double-digit points so far this season. I still believe in the talent long-term in terms of like dynasty, but I can't just keep pushing it back. Like it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen. It's not looking great for him this season. If you're in a league where, you know, you have solid waiver wire, you know, options, I don't think it'd be crazy to drop him. I mean, some of you guys have probably already dropped him, but yeah, just kind of wanted to uh, take the L on that Elijah Moore call out. He's also not even like leading the team in routes anymore. That was always like the calling card. It was like, you know, he's not producing but he's still the number one most routes. We actually saw Corey Davis take the lead in routes this past week, which is also a little bit of a negative for Garrett Wilson, but both Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson were within a few routes of Corey Davis. So it's not like a huge disparity. I still view uh, Garrett Wilson as the number one option, 
but I'm definitely not super stoked about starting any of these guys in my lineup. So, you know, like I said, Wilson is a fringe option, probably a lower end fringe option. And then I'm sitting Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. For the Packers, pretty similar in terms of just like a kind of grimy situation here. I have Lazard and Romeo Dobbs still listed as fringe options. Randall Cobb as a sit. Overall, it was quiet games from Lazard and Dobbs. Lazard did get into the end zone, which kind of saved his fantasy day. But in terms of like volume, yardage, not really much going on for Lazard and Dobbs. Randall Cobb was the guy who came out and really had the day. 13 targets, 7 receptions, 99 yards. We still saw Alan Lazard having 95% route participation. Dobbs was still up there at 88. So good signs for those two dudes. Cobb was at 71. I don't think Cobb is going to be someone who's fantasy relevant moving forward. So I still think Lazard and Dobbs are like back-end wide receiver threes, high-end wide receiver fours. And then Cobb, like I said, still don't think he's startable after one decent performance. The next game we have here is going to be between the Jaguars and the Colts. And I'm still going to be rolling with Christian Kirk as a start. We saw him have a super hot start to the season through three weeks. Week four, he didn't do much, but the volume was there. The real concern was here in week five where just the volume wasn't there. He wasn't producing. I still think he's going to be the wide receiver one, but it would be nice to see this Jaguars offense pick up a little bit because, you know, Christian Kirk is going to need some decent, you know, high scoring performances from this offense to really reach his ceiling this season. Sitting Marvin Jones, who had a big day in week five, and then also sitting Zay Jones. For the Colts, I'm still firing up Michael Pittman as a start. And then I actually have Alec Pierce here listed as a fringe option. He has put together back-to-back 80-yard receiving games. That's super impressive, especially for a rookie wide receiver. I think he's going to continue to earn more and more opportunities. He saw a 75% route participation on Thursday night. And I do think he's setting himself up to kind of replace Paris Campbell as the clear-cut number two in, you know, route participation, snap share, all of that in the very, very near future. The next game, we have the Vikings taking on the Dolphins. So really a solid wide receiver matchup here. For the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, obviously a start. And then for Adam Thielen, I do have him as a start here. You're looking at like a mid to back end wide receiver three play. There's just going to be these certain games where Justin Jefferson goes nuclear for like 150 plus yards. And it's just going to be tough for any other wide receiver to put together a decent day. And then I'm sitting KJ Osborne there, number three. For the Dolphins, no matter who's the quarterback, I'm still going to be firing up Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It does look like Tyreek Hill is dealing with some sort of foot injury. He said he was fine. Can't exactly trust a player in this situation, but if he starts, he's a start in my lineup. Jalen Waddle, I feel like you probably have to temper your expectations a little bit. Like He's a top 12 guy with Tua. Without Tua in the lineup, he's probably more of like a fringe top 24 play, but I do think they're both still startable. Both very wildly talented wide receivers. Next matchup, honestly, another solid wide receiver showdown. Bengals taking on the Saints. For the Bengals, Jamar Chase has been a little bit disappointing so far this season. I still think he's a mid-tier wide receiver one. He's a start. I have T. Higgins listed as a start here. Not exactly sure what is up with his uh, injury. Sure, he cost a lot of people in their lineups with just like being active. It looked like he was going to play and then he just like was barely in there. So unfortunate, if he is healthy, I think we fire him up as a start. I think if Higgins is out, Tyler Boyd moves up to the fringe category. If Chase and Higgins are both going, uh, Tyler Boyd is going to stay as a sit. On the other side with the Saints, 
We've got some injury concerns here. So Michael Thomas has missed the last few weeks. If he's healthy, I'd play him. Chris Olave has been balling out, but he left the game with a concussion. If you guys saw the video or like the replay, it was a pretty brutal like head to uh, ground hit that he did have. So hopefully he'll be back soon. You know, obviously it seems like the NFL is a little bit more, you know, concerned about concussions after the, uh, I guess, negative press they got from the Tua thing and just how that whole thing was handled. It didn't look great. So I'm, you know, a little bit skeptical on if he's going to return here in week six, but truly I have no idea. I guess I'm just like talking out of nowhere. And then, you know, I'm still going to be sitting Jarvis Landry really regardless of what happens with Olave and Michael Thomas. Next game is between the Ravens and the Giants. For the Ravens here, not really sure how to play this one. Rashad Bateman, we don't know if he's going to be good to go in week six. If he's good to go, I'd list him as a start and then have Devin Duvernay as a sit. If Rashad Bateman is out, then I would swap out Devin Duvernay to be like a fringe option. We saw him have a pretty solid role with Bateman out of the lineup. You know, they wanted to get the ball into his hands. So if Bateman's out, I think Duvernay becomes a viable play. But if Bateman is in and healthy, then I'd be sitting Devin Duvernay. On the other side with the Giants, just got a long list of sits here. Slayton, Tony, Wondell Robinson, Kenny Galladay. All of these dudes are going to be sits. A lot of them are injured. We don't even know if these guys are going to play, but just sit in that entire Giants wide receiver room at this point. Then we have the Buccaneers taking on the Steelers for the Buccaneers. We know the drill here. Firing up Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as really strong wide receiver plays sitting Russell Gage and Julio Jones. For the Steelers, I'm still going to be firing up Deontay Johnson. I'm sure people are impatient. He has a fantastic target share. He's commanding targets. As we've seen in years past, the drops have been a little bit of an issue, but I still think he gives you a pretty high weekly floor and just the touchdowns are going to have to come. You know, he's not going to be a huge touchdown guy, but for the amount of targets he's commanding, the touchdowns will be there at some point. I have George Pickens listed as a fringe play coming off of back-to-back very strong performances. In the last two weeks, he's been targeted 16 times, caught 12 of those for 185 receiving yards. That's 15.3 points per game over that stretch. 86% route participation this past week. It's clear him and Pickett have, you know, a solid chemistry going. I still firmly believe that Deontay is the number one, but I think Pickens has kind of jumped Claypool as the number two weapon not in terms of, you know, route participation, but just in terms of production and the looks he is getting on that offense. And then Claypool will be a sit. Next up, we have the Panthers taking on the Rams. And I have DJ Moore on the fringe here. His usage has been a little bit better the past two weeks. The first three weeks of the season, he had 18 total targets. Last two weeks, he's been sitting at 19. So good to see they are getting him more involved. It hasn't necessarily translated to like top fantasy production, but it does at least give him a semi-solid floor. We also saw the Panthers have a pretty significant like overall team shakeup. Matt Rule fired, Baker to miss time, so it looks like P.J. Walker is in line to start. I don't think he can get much worse. Maybe Walker can prove me wrong there, but they just got to get the ball to D.J. Moore, Christian McCaffrey. I have to imagine whoever's coming in, stepping up, going to be running this offense. Just got to get these guys the ball. I'm not expecting them to be a solid unit. I think they're going to be bad but you at least have to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. So that's really the upside here for DJ Moore. So probably like a net positive with all the things that have happened, you know, in terms of his fantasy value. On the other side with the Rams, continue to fire up Cooper Cup as, you know, the wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wherever you have him. And then just sitting everyone else. Like I said, the past few weeks, I still believe Allen Robinson is droppable. 
just non-existent in this offense. Then we have the Cardinals taking on the Seahawks. And obviously we have Marquise Brown locked in as a start. And then I have Rondell Moore on the fringe. And some people actually may be you know, a little surprised that I have him as a potential starting option. And it's not even necessarily the fact that Rondell Moore has been insane. He's only played in two weeks, had one solid game. It's more of the role he's playing and just how productive it has been in this Falcons offense. So when Rondell Moore missed the first three games of the season, we saw Dorch fill in for him. And in those games without Rondell Moore, he put up 13.3, 15.5, and then 17-point PPR performances. So three really strong games out of Dorch in that role. Then Rondell Moore returned. Dorch got kicked to the curb. He had a down week four, but then bounced back here in uh, week five with eight targets, seven receptions for 68 yards. So that specific role between both Dorch and Rondell Moore is averaging 12.5 PPR points per game. So I totally think he's like a viable fringe play, you know, until uh, DeAndre Hopkins returns, which I guess will be uh, after this game. So some exciting news there about D-Hop. Then for the Seahawks, Lockett, Metcalf, both locked in starts. Geno's balling out of his mind. I don't know what happened to that man, but he's looking like a stud. And those two guys are definitely kind of reaping the rewards there. Then in probably the best matchup of the week, we have the Bills taking on the Chiefs. For the Bills, fire up Stephon Diggs as a high-end wide receiver one, and then Gabe Davis as like a fringe top 24 option. I am going to be sitting both Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir, and I do just want to talk about like this Bills overall slot role. It's been a spot where I think the opportunity is there for fantasy production, but there's just been so much uncertainty here. So for the first three weeks, we basically saw McKenzie and Crowder at like a 50-50 split of those slot snaps. Then in week four, we see Crowder leave with an ankle injury, end up finding out he breaks his ankle. So it's like, okay, McKenzie can take over. He left that game with a concussion. So then Khalil Shakir steps in. Week five, that would be the opportunity for McKenzie to step in, you know, be the guy. But Crowder's out. McKenzie's also out. So Khalil Shakir steps in, who I really liked, you know, coming out of college. Five targets, three receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. McKenzie had been pretty productive in that role, averaging 12.2 fantasy points per game through four weeks. And here in week six, like, I couldn't tell you what's going to go on. If you told me, like, if we had a time machine and we, you know, flashed forward to after this game, if you told me that, you know, Clear Shakir dominated the role, I'd be like, all right. If you told me McKenzie dominated the role, I'd be like, all right. If you told me it was 50-50, I'd be like, okay. I truly have no idea how this is going to play out. I think the general idea is that we want whatever player is taking over that role. So just for fantasy purposes, I hope we do have one player that kind of steps up whether it's Shakir taking over or McKenzie taking over, that is what we'd want to see for fantasy. But you know, at this point, we got to wait and see. So we can't be starting one of these dudes because I think you could be setting yourself up for a massive disappointment. On the other side with the Chiefs, this just seems like a spot where we're fading all the wide receivers. I had been someone who was kind of on like the Juju Smith-Schuster like safety train where it's like he had the one down game. I think it was in week two. Other than that, he had been a very safe option. At this point, I don't think he's startable, right? We can't make the safety argument if he has two dud games in uh, five overall performances. He has no ceiling at this point. They're spreading the ball around a ton. And, you know, Travis Kelsey's on the goal line. You got uh, Clyde Delaire getting a ton of touchdowns. Juju just has not been it so far. Also going to be sitting MVS. Also sitting McCole Hardman. Each of these guys are going to have, you know, their individual performances. 
but just no reliability out of those like speedsters, MVS, and Hardman. Then in the Sunday night game, we have the Cowboys taking on the Eagles. Some really solid wide receivers in this matchup. Fire up CD Lamb as a probably top 12 option this week. Sitting Michael Gallup and Noah Brown. I really like Gallup long-term. One stack does return. For the Eagles, fire up A.J. Brown as a top 10 wide receiver. And then Devonta Smith as a top 24 option. And then the final game of the week, Broncos taking on the Chargers. We're firing up Cortland Sutton as a really strong play. I feel like it hasn't been talked about enough how productive Sutton has been in an offense that's just been terrible, right? Like Sutton and Judy were being picked around like wide receiver, you know, 20 to like 24 area. Cortland Sutton has given you mid-tier wide receiver two production. And we thought this offense was going to be good. Like they were drafted in that range, expecting a good offense. The offense has been terrible and Sutton has still produced. If this team somehow clicks, like we're looking at legit top 10 mid-tier wide receiver one upside here for Cortland Sutton, but you know, we don't need to get into that now. He's a start. Jerry Judy here is on the fringe. Disappointing start here for Jerry Judy to say the least. Like I said, you know, he was drafted in that same tier with Cortland Sutton and Sutton has just totally lapped Judy so far this season. He is still clearly the number two in this offense. The passing attack probably can't get any worse, at least at this point, but I think right now he's more of like a high-end wide receiver four play, which is why he is in that fringe area. Whereas if you drafted him, you were probably expecting a decent wide receiver two on your team. He's just not there at this point. For the Chargers, I'm firing up Mike Williams as a start. Keenan Allen, if he plays, is healthy. He's a lock you know, in your lineups, but we're just going to have to wait to see if that uh, hamstring gets better. And then sitting Joshua Palmer, regardless of what happens here with Keenan Allen. But that is going to wrap it up for all 14 week six matchups. If you guys did enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Really helps me out a ton. As always, thank you guys for stopping by, drop any questions down below, and I will see you guys in the next one.